Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about our merch store on Threadless. Shop a wide variety of logos with multiple colors and sizes available for each design. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us continue to make killer content like this episode. Please visit supercoolradio.threadless.com or the link in the description to shop now. Hello everyone! I am Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check this out. I got a really great guest with me for this episode. He is an awesome musician and music producer who is credited with 114 gold and platinum albums and singles and 75 Billboard number ones. He is part of Obscene Steelers with Michael Moss. Please welcome Ken Lewis. How is everybody doing? Thank you, uh, Matthew, and it's good to be on the show. Uh, very, very nice to have you. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's been a totally crazy run. the The 114th uh, gold record just came this week, a few days ago. Uh, Taylor Swift. I have a really weird resume, um, and uh, so I just uh, officially am a recording engineer on three of the songs on Taylor's new album. All three of the songs just charted top 10 on Billboard and the album debut Platinum, which is my 114th gold record uh, in my career, which is fucking bananas. I'm, you know, the, the goal when I set out for all of this was one. That was the goal. Everything else has just been, you know, survival and trying to grow in this industry and, and kind of get to the levels that, you know, the people that I want to be making records with and... And, uh, you know, the awards are just kind of like signposts along the road. Let you know, like, you're still doing something okay. They're coming. (laughs) (laughs) They're definitely, uh, like, milestones along your journey. And before we really start uh, talking about, because as you you said, and as I have said, you have a very lengthy uh, music career. So how did you get started um, as uh, as a music producer? Well, so I I do a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Uh, Music production is one of the many. Um, one of my favorites for sure. And, uh, but I got started, you know, I went to Berkeley college of music when I was a young man and graduated and this is going to date me 1991 and went to New York a year later and, you know, started in the studios in Ohio and, and got to the studios in New York and has grinded my way up the hard way. Uh, and I'm still, still doing that like you know everybody asks you like what was your big break but man i'm waiting i don't know what a big break feels like to me a big break feels like oh i got on a record that's going to get me a couple more records worth of work so you know that's like it's more of a every one foot in front of the other kind of a of a business but you know i love the process of record making and uh, I love all aspects of it. So for me, this is just to get to wake up every day and make music is fucking ridiculous. I mean, I highly recommend it if you are willing to basically give up the rest of your life just to do this. Cause 
it it is definitely a grind. I think. Well, um, almost anything like the entertainment music industry, it, it is definitely a grind. Yeah, to to you know to stay where you want to stay is definitely a grind, and and it's really easy to you know to kind of rest on like, oh shit, I just worked on three Taylor Swift songs. I'm on, and then get comfortable, and then you know nobody gives a shit about that three months later, and what you do now is going to dictate what you're working on in three months, and so you know the I think the most of the most successful people in the music industry treat it just like a job. And it just happens to be a job we love doing and <laughs> count our lucky stars every fucking day that I get to do this. And now I'm doing, uh, so I'm an artist now for the first time in my entire career. Never really saw that coming. Uh, and that's obscene stealers. Uh, and, and obscene stealers is me and Michael Moss. And, uh, I have affectionately nicknamed Michael Moss, uh, Michael Moss, the movie trailer boss. And Michael composes movie, like film trailers and TV trailers for like big shit. So he's he's done trailers for like the Batman, uh, Fast and Furious, Mulan, Star Wars. The guy's fucking done everything. And so he's kind of like a counterpart in that world to what I do in the music world, which is totally totally different. But um, but I've always had kind of a, a love of orchestral uh, instruments and music and things like that in my own career and he and I connected on a song last year just as counterparts not as you know bandmates and we just loved working together and man when you find those people that you're like oh we should we should be doing more together something just clicked and he just asked me he's like dude send me send me some songs to work on let me I mean just you know send me anything I just want to see what happens so I did. And the shit he started sending back to me was just like, it's like, oh, what the fuck is happening right now? This isn't like, we shouldn't give this away to another artist because in my world, I'm like, okay, I develop artists and I'm not the artist. And, but this stuff was like, well, we can really create this and control this and we can bring other artists into our world, which is what, what we're doing a lot. And so we're like the music guys and the, you know, the direction guys, and then we tap into other top level talent. Um, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, our next single comes out November 9th and it's called uh, losing game. Oh, so fucking good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so clearly I, I'm passionate about what we're doing. Um, and, uh, so anybody who hasn't heard of scene stealers yet there, we're streaming on all platforms. We've got two singles out so far. Uh, the first one is called Danger, which is like kind of cinematic hip hop. And the second is called Side Effects, which is like real dark cinematic uh, epic pop. And, you know, everything that we do is going to have kind of a cinematic theatrical component to it because that's where you get all that musical drama from. Uh, but we're also pulling heavily from like the pop and urban worlds uh, for the, the songwriting. Uh so it's really kind of a complete clash of styles, which I've, I've pretty much built my career on clashing styles together. So, so uh, being able to do it for myself as an artist is a lot of fun. So. Oh, for sure. I, you covered a lot of ground um, on that, but yeah, I was, uh, I was checking out side effects by obscene stealers. I, I, I like it, you know, cause it's different from like the music I normally do listen to, but it's got like the, um, it, it's got like, 
I'm, I'm not even exactly sure what to call it. Uh, but it's kind of like suspenseful, like throughout the whole song as well. There's definitely uh, some intensity in there as well. So I very much enjoy it. That's I, I love the fact that you can't put your finger on why it resonates. Yes. And, you know, to, to us, you know, it's interesting being an artist. It, it's very similar to being a producer in that, you know, I try and love everything that I'm producing and really connect with it. But also there's a component that always tells me that my main goal is to make sure that the artist loves what I'm creating, regardless of whether I do. And now I'm the artist. And as an artist, my recommendation to any young artist out there, um, if you want to connect with anybody, you, you need to make stuff that solely connects with you super strongly, that you absolutely love and that you want to go out and make sure people hear don't make music that you think people are going to like make music that you love come what may and the making music that you think other people are going to like in a certain way never almost never works out it's just you know it's a way to learn what doesn't work for you but it's not a way to really tap into your best artistry that that is a very very good point and because, um, like, for my philosophy, like my my opinion with stuff is that it has to, as you said, it has to connect with you. It has to come internally from you. Then you can, you know, put it out externally into the world. But if you don't believe in it, how is anyone else supposed to believe in it? And yeah, and how are you gonna make anybody else believe in it? That you know, people spot that. I think the artists that resonate the hardest nowadays are the artists who are willing to show you all of the rough patches and every, you know, okay, this is me, good, bad, ugly, everything, take it or leave it. There's going to be a subset of people who connect with this. And like NF in the hip hop world is, I think, the best at it. Um, and he, his fan base knows who he is 100%. And the people that ride with him always will. And, you know, to us, we're just, you know, we're just trying to make really great songs that super connect with us. And we figure if we do that enough times and be really consistent with it, uh, with the talent that we have with the two of us and surrounding us, man, we eventually, hopefully, <laughs> something's got to give. So. No, exactly. And again, like, like what I just said at the beginning of it, it's, it's always a grind, no matter music, you know, music making, music producing, anything really in the music industry, it is always a grind. It, it is. And even, you know, people might look at me and go like, well, you know, you have all these accolades and now you're starting your own group. What an advantage you have. Man, nobody knows me from shit. Like, I am not, nobody outside the tiny, tiny bubble of the music industry has ever heard my name or cares. Uh, and I am acutely aware of that. And as an artist, nobody has heard of Obscene Stealers. So it's me and Michael's job and the, and the team that we've built around us to get the word out to the people that we want to get it out to, which in addition to hopefully building a strong fan base, we're really working streaming and playlisting really hard. Um, but also this music is, you know, really tailor made for uh, film and TV and gaming and immersive reality and that kind of thing. And we're really hoping um, 
to tap obscene stealers into that market um, because that's where both of us live in a lot of our other careers. You know, Michael is always doing uh, cinematic and TV work and I'm, uh, you know, a lot of what I produce and work on ends up being licensed for film and TV and video games. And so that was another draw for the two of us. We were just like, man, let's, let's not make music for everybody else. Let's, let's fucking go. Let's make music for us. And, you know, let's start stealing all the fucking scenes that we can steal with all of our music. Let's go. <laughs> so that's, you know, We'll see. We'll see in a few years how it works out, but I think both of us are pretty committed to long-term uh, finding out and continuously putting out great music. And we'll see. Yeah. That I mean, that should be the goal of you know any musician. But I definitely uh, I look forward to seeing like where you guys progress from here. Obviously, you know, obscene sealer is very new to the scene, all scenes. Uh, but I definitely look forward to seeing like how you guys progress, where you guys go from here, where where the music winds up at uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, but you, you did mention a new single you guys are working on that uh, coming out in November. Um, what can like can you give any hints to like what people can expect? So the, the new single dropping November 9th on all streaming platforms and YouTube is called Losing Game. And uh, it definitely has, I wouldn't say it, lyrically it's got a gaming component. It's a, you know, it's a real life story. But, um, but you know, it's another song that we hope is going to license really well. I think the fans will love it. It's, it's dark pop again. It's really fucking drama. Um, if you like side effects, you'll probably love Losing Game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's another great female singer. Danielle stars is singing leads on it. And she's singing leads on another song that we have coming up. Oof. Yeah, Man. we have like, we just finished another song called 10 out of 10 that, uh, that's going to come out soon. That's a fucking banger. And, um, I mean, you know, Michael and I are really fast and we really have good sensibilities and we know when we're onto something and we typically know when we're, it's just not lining up and we're, you know, seasoned enough to go like, all right, let's focus on these things that are fucking great. And which one of these three is going to rise to the top next month. And we're always trying to every single month, you know, losing game. Now we're trying to top side effects. And after losing game, I don't, I don't know how the fuck we're going to top that one, um, but, but we're going to throw down with something a month later. And as, you know, it's it's tough with our uh, alternate realities uh, to really create a, a song a month and put it out at at a high level. But I think uh, it's tough because you know if everybody did it, it would you know the the noise would be too much. You could never break through. So the people who can do it consistently, you know, it's not supposed to be easy. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll stick with it. We'll figure out how to do it, but we're already pretty stacked with material. So we're, we're pretty stoked. You you guys will definitely, um, you know, figure out, you know, you both have been in the music industry and our entertainment industry for a very long time. So you guys know, like what, what's going to connect with you and like, what's not like, I'm not feeling this kind of thing, but it is you know, consistent. Consistency is a really big part, obviously, just like with podcasting, you know, music podcast, like, consistency is definitely the key with everything and longevity too. You got to be in it for a long haul. Yeah, you definitely do. And, you know, uh, speaking of podcasting, I have a, uh, I guess a live stream from the studio called mixing night, which is also coming out November 9th. Um, and basically one, uh, one Wednesday, the, usually the first or second Wednesday of every month, 
I do a two-hour live stream from the studio. It's called Mixing Night on YouTube. You can just go to youtube.com forward slash mixing night. And it's me here. Basically, I describe it as like Howard Stern for studio folks. So I'm not really trying to teach you shit, but if you're interested in studio stuff, you're going to pick up a bunch of gems just because I'm showing everybody what I'm doing while, you know, I do like live sprint mixing and I break down production techniques and we have like beat challenges and ear training and uh, occasionally interviews and big giveaways and shit. So, um, uh, yeah. So, and you know, the thing about mixing night that you've probably found in your own podcast is the more you do it, the better you get at it and where you are now. And this is just like being an artist, you know, where you are now, if you're consistent and dedicated to it is not where you're going to be a year from now and three years from now. And, you know, it's your own trajectory to just kind of keep going up like that or to, you know, to get comfortable and say, well, you know, uh, I'm good where I am. And then things start sliding back down before you know it. Exactly. <laughs> now, that, that is a very good point. And I know, you know I started this, you know, uh, over three years ago and I can like, just from, like for me, I could tell, like, I finally felt like I, like this season, I finally felt like I hit my groove with like interviews and I don't really get nervous for interviews anymore. Like I get excited, like awesome. I get to, you know, interview, exactly. you know, um, you know, you, Ken Lewis, and like, all right, this is really cool. This is what, you know, uh, I'm prepared for. This is what it's going to be awesome. Uh, so, like, I don't feel nervous anymore, which I think is a good feeling. But yeah. as I, as I kind of realized, like, don't get too comfortable. Like, even if you like where you're at, don't get too comfortable because you could easily slide back down, as you said. You know, the the getting past the nerves thing is is really interesting. And, you know, I'm old now, and it, but it took me years to kind of get past that in certain situations. And, uh, and now, you know, like when I talk to young people that are, I'm about to do panels with or whatever, you know, people have asked me for advice, like, this is my first panel. I've never been on one. What should I do? And I'm like, you got to remember, you're the pro. They're here to hear what you have to say. So whatever it is that you have to say, you're the pro. You don't need to know anything other than that. Just give them your honest opinion and, you know, participate and act like you care and you're going to do great. And I think, you know, when you realize that, like, oh shit, it's my show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I get, I, then I have to dictate the pace here and I have to, you know, the mixing night is the same way. It's like, it's, you know, people think I just do it off the cuff. We prepare three fucking days for that show, like a whole team of us, and we don't monetize it at all. But it's it's become the thing that we love, and we can't give up. So, you know? no, it, it that's that sounds really awesome, and definitely, uh, I'll drop a link for your YouTube channel in the description oh, of this podcast you. as well, along with some other links uh, for uh, obviously you and Obscene Steelers as well. Thank you. But yeah, no, definitely. It, you know, again, people. I think people. I was talking to a friend a few days ago, and I think like for interviews or like podcasting, like mixing that, like people think like, oh, you just show up and start talking, and that is the farthest like from the truth. Because I think a lot of people who like try interviews, like they just go, oh, this person, I saw this on YouTube. Like, of course I can do this, and I can tell you there's a lot of prep that goes into like I got my notes here. Like you can't see because they're off camera, but. I always have notes, I always have talking points, and like your setup is also another thing. Like you have to have good quality equipment too, because if, if it sounds if it sounds like crap, then who's gonna pay attention to it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it, it's it's great that it comes off so effortlessly, and that's the preparation behind it is really that. And, you know, and I've felt like a lot of your previous interviews that I watched before this, because I do my prep too. <laughs> and, you know, and that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do your show. I saw some of your interviews. It's like, ah, oh, this, this guy is fun. He clearly loves music and he connects well with the people he's talking to. Yeah, let's fucking do this. This, all right. So, you know, here I am. Thanks okay. for the invite. I really appreciate it. Of, of course. I, I, I really appreciate you checking out my stuff. I, you know, the, why I started this because I love music. That's like that's that was like the whole reason I started doing this, and I'm glad like people can see that that I'm you know passionate and I'm excited, and then I just like to have fun. Like it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, like I've seen a lot of interviews like the person's like very dry and it's not very exciting. It's like forget that. I want to have fun. Let's get excited about this. Yeah, I mean, man, if you can't get wound up about music, come on, what can you? I mean, <laughs> it's the best thing on earth. Exactly, and. And like I've connected with so much um, just music on my life, and I know it's like it like music has helped me through like a lot of like any kind of issues I had. I usually some there's usually some music out there that I've connected with, and I go, you know, I can figure this out. Of course, I'm going to get through this. I, I that sounds like uh, so many people, and I mean that uh, you know you see the power of music to just transform people over and over, and you just go like. All right, this is the real drug. Holy shit. This is the the addictive thing right here. And uh, you know, I've been incredibly lucky to uh find my way to a paycheck um, you know, to be able to survive uh this industry and and you know, make it my living and uh that's a constant challenge. Um, but uh man, I just can't see doing anything else. I mean, it's this or what the, what the fuck would I possibly do? <laughs> exactly, no idea. dude. I, I totally I totally feel you. It was like like I'd rather do this and have fun, or you know, just uh, go to a go to a normal job and be boring. I'm like, you know, what? I'm, I'm gonna. I know it's gonna be a lot more work, but I'm I'm gonna work at doing this. Yeah, that you got to have that entrepreneurial spirit if you're gonna be an artist for sure. And, uh, you know, and you got to have the thickest skin and, yes. you know, yes, I, and, I know what you mean. You know, just like you putting yourself out there, you, you just, you know, there's always people who are going to go after you because they're having a bad day and, you know, they spend five seconds doing this and they would never think about you again. And then three days later, you're still thinking about that fucked up comment that, you know, and eventually like you realize as a creative, like all that shit is just bullshit noise. And, you know, that says so much more about them than you. And, and then you go like, oh, I'm more comfortable now. I don't, that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. And artists need to kind of have that same journey as well and get past that. And it's really hard because people are fucking mean, but you know, you, you got to shake off the bad and realize that, uh, you know, your music has the power to really, uh, change people. And that's incredible. So. You know, oh, oh, definitely. I know. Um, you know, it used to bother me a lot when I first started, but now I'm just like, you know, what? what it, it's social media. I know that you know, people can say what they want, but obviously with music and stuff, um, obviously if someone's writing that kind of stuff, obviously their music, did, you know, you didn't connect with them, and that's okay. You know, it's, you know, music is not going to connect with everybody, but um, yeah, people are like social media. Like it, it's great for artists, and at the same time, you got to deal with all that stuff as well. Being an artist. Yeah, you know, one one thing I remember growing up, I, I was 
kind of more camped, like, oh, I, I liked rock and roll, so I couldn't really like pop, and oh, that was stupid. And now, and I feel like a lot of people are like that nowadays. There's just cultural pressures in whatever circles you're in or whatever. You know, you have your own tastes and whatever. But nowadays, I just, I mean, I just worked on three songs on Taylor Swift. Holy shit. I, you know, I'm not like a binge listening Taylor, but super happy to be on that. I've also worked with like heavy rock artists and fucking street urban artists and, you know, the top pop artists and it's all music to me. And, uh, you know, any day that I get to make any kind of music at all, let alone my own is a fantastic day. And, you know, just, uh, seeing how connective it is, is, is the most amazing thing to me. Hope everyone is enjoying my conversation with Ken Lewis. There is so much more to come, so please stay tuned. But right now, we're going to take a quick pause and hear a word from our friends at Haunting Abaddon. Cold chills when there's no breeze. Sounds you can't explain. Foreboding feelings of dread. Sheer horror. This is Haunting Abaddon, an original podcast from Epilid Media featuring stories of the paranormal, demonic possessions, poltergeists and hauntings, and all things that will scare the hell out of you. These things do more than go bump in the night. I did have a, a cool question I did want to talk about since obviously you work with so many, uh, you know, you've mixed and produced for many artists, including BTS, Drake, as you said, Taylor Swift. Is there any artist that you want, you want to like uh, produce for that you have not yet? Man, so many, <laughs> <laughs> so, so many. Um, I don't know. I don't really, it's tough to think that way because I'm always so fortunate to to get to find my way onto great projects and uh i thank my lucky stars all the time so um you know who who would i want to work with god man you know i always i always fumble this question but <laughs> like i'm really inspired by like the kid Leroy. i think he's gonna be an artist for a long long time um there's a bunch of Here's the shitty part about TikTok. I follow a bunch of heavy artists on TikTok that I love, but I can't remember any of their names because they don't post their names and it's always just their reels. So I have like my feed always sends me like these great bands and it's not like the old days where I would have bought their record, put their record on and listened to their record. And now I get them in 30 second clips. And, you know, music is different the way that people absorb it nowadays. It's And, and I find when I talk to young people and ask them, where they find their music and how they discover new artists is like alien landscape to me, but I'm, but I need to understand how that navigates because it's my industry. So a lot of people just want to ignore it, but you can't ignore what is your industry. And that's where artists get signed now. Yeah, no, you, you are very right. Like it has definitely changed a lot. And, you know, even, even just in the last few years, but overall in the huge landscape, it has changed 
a lot and people are finding music, you know, obviously on TikTok and other different areas. It's not just the norm of, you know, as you said, buying records. Like I still buy CDs because I love them, but uh, I, I got a huge collection of that. But yeah, no, um, social media has definitely changed how people uh, find music. And as you said, like listening to like you get 30 second clips of this band and this band and this band on TikTok and stuff. So it has definitely changed a lot. And I'm and I'm going to guess it's probably going to change even more in the upcoming years as well. Yeah. You know, you just got to, you know, as as creators, you just got to pay attention to what's going on. You don't have to make it affect what you're doing. You should just be informed that it is happening and not pretend that it's not happening uh, and that what you're doing, you know, like TikTok is a perfect example. Obstine Steelers is not on TikTok yet. I have no desire whatsoever to move onto that platform. And and I utterly realize that that will hurt our band, you know, its ascension. Um, but the flip side of that is my real target is film and TV and gaming. So if we never, you know, click the radar on TikTok, then I'm totally cool with that. We have other lanes that we're working. Most artists can't really say that. If your if your goal is I want a major label to, to discover me and I want to be on the label and I want to be known, well, probably got to be on TikTok. <laughs> it's just you, the nature of the beast. I mean, it, it is what it is. You you are very right, but to go with your point uh, about obscene stealers is that's not necessarily the avenue. Um, you know that you're, you that's not your ultimate goal. Like that you know, obviously, as you said, film. And TV is where you want your music to go. Now, obviously, if people discover you, love you, obviously, that is a huge part. And that is what you want to connect with as well. But you haven't you already have kind of your idea in mind where you want the music to go. Um, yeah, you know, we're going to make music that we love, that we think people that will, you know, that love the same types of things that we do will will connect with and put on their playlists and wait, you know, for the next single to come out. And, but, you know, the economics of the music industry is such that one correct licensing placement is worth millions and millions and millions of streams. And we live in that world. So I really want the millions and millions of streams, but we're definitely going to find the licensing connects. And, you know, so as an artist, you have to know who you are and how you expect to navigate and, you know, and be realistic about what you're attempting to do. And I think we are in this case, we're not the standard artists. So <laughs> you, know, yeah. you guys are definitely, um, you bring, you bring, uh, different things with obscene stealers. And obviously that's why you have different goals compared to normal artists is because it's obscene. So it's, it's very, it's very different. Um, uh, again, I don't have the kind of exact terminology, but you, okay. um, the music is different and where you want to, where you want to end up is also very different. Yeah. We, I, I, I describe our music as epic as fuck. I, I think like that's, that. that pretty much encapsulates it because everything that we do has this cinematic epic quality to it. Uh, but it also has this kind of driving, you know, either urban or pop or EDM or something element to it uh, as well. 
And you don't really hear that mashed up very much unless you're in a theater and one of your favorite songs has been redone that way. But we're just doing them that way from the gate. So that's us. So, you know, we're, we're hoping we connect. Well, I think we will. So like for you, so um, obviously you've produced a huge, as, as, as I've said, huge number of different songs. So do you approach like producing music differently than like writing for obscene stealers? Well, a lot of the bigger credits that I have aren't production. They might be mixing or arranging or a musician or vocalist or something like that. Some of them are definitely production. Um, uh, the Taylor stuff, I was a uh, recording engineer on, on a few songs. Um, but uh, I try to produce for the artist. And I try to uh, envision what their sound is and what their sound should be and what the best version of that is. And then go for that. And... Uh, and if you listen to any of my productions, and this kind of goes, I, I have the same philosophy for mixing. I mix for the artist. And if you listen to a mix of this artist and that artist, it's not going to be the same style or the same approach, same as production, same as songwriting. And, uh, you know, my website for the longest was iproducemusic.com. And it was intentionally that because I don't see myself as a rock producer or a hip hop producer or pop. I just, I produce music let me hear the song. Let me, you know, what song are we working on? How do we want it to feel? All right. How are we going to get there? And then if you draw from, you know, I mean, I've been making major label records for 30 years with everybody. So I can just draw from all of that experience and go like, okay. And if I don't know how to do something, I'll reach out to the person that does and go like, you know, come into my world and, and let's create together. So it's nice to have those superpowers. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And also you said a very interesting point that like, if you don't know how to do something, you're going to, you're going to find someone who does. I know there's people like, I don't know how to do this, but I'll figure it out and that kind of stuff. And they usually sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it doesn't, but um, knowing who to like, who to ask when you don't know something, I think is very important. Um, I think, uh, Really, the guy that that I wouldn't say taught me that, but showed me the power of that um, was the old Kanye. Uh, I wish we could have him back right now. Um, I think you and many people but, agree. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is happening with him right now. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, but the old Kanye, he's a brilliant producer on his own merits by himself with no help, and he's a brilliant songwriter and lyricist on his own and. What he did when he started making his albums, The College Dropout and, you know, Graduation and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he surrounded himself with the top creative people that he wanted to tap into to help him uh, realize his full vision of whatever his musical vision was. He could have produced all of his albums completely on his own and everybody would have raved about him and they would have been great. They wouldn't have been what they are. And I think he recognized really early that, you know, if you want to make timeless music, that sometimes surrounding yourself with a small village of incredible, talented people really helps you out and helps you focus your vision uh, to create something bigger than you could have created on your own. And 
you know, as a, as a producer and a writer and a mixer and everything, I'm just, I always try to carry those lessons and that vision forward of like, okay, this is what it is. What can it be? And, uh, you know, that's gotten me pretty far. So. Uh, and I think that that is an uh, extremely good mindset to have, especially, you know, for uh, producing music and mixing music or writing music um, that you don't have to do everything on, you know, like by yourself too. If you assemble a really great team, then you can, you know, it's almost unlimited what the team can do. Yeah. And it's, you know, you find people that have strengths that aren't yours and that you guys can both enhance each other. Like me and Michael, I mean, shit, you know, I can fake what he does, but he fucking does that shit the best. And so, you know, when we clash worlds, it's really something. And, you know, if I'm producing another record just for, you know, somebody, you know, in pop or something, and I need strings or something like that, man, Michael's the first one I'm calling. Like, you know, even though I could do it myself, I'm like, let me, I know the guy. I know the guy who's the guy. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, when you're in, when you're a young creator, ego you know, there takes a certain amount of hubris to believe that you could be an artist that anybody gives a shit about. So the, the ego has to be there on some level, but how you control it and allow it to guide you is super important. And most people's ego undo themselves. I'm sure mine has undone me so many times and somehow I've survived it. And, you know, and now I'm a little more tempered and, and, uh, uh, easy going about things. And I, and I look at the big picture instead of, you know, what the, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing to get past, but I'm long past that shit. No, I, I, I gotcha. I know. And I've, I've told this to other people too, like you, you need, you need, like, if you're going to be in the music industry, you need some ego. Like that's, that's just part of it. Um, but you can't have such a huge ego that, you know, then you're, you're, you're limiting yourself. You're stopping yourself from progressing. You have to, it, there's a fine line between having a little bit to, you know, progress your, you know, yourself, but having too much and then like no one wants to work with you. So the, definitely. the thing is, the thing is you've got to completely believe in yourself, which some people interpret as ego, but you can't throw that out as attitude because that doesn't really work for people, especially when you're on your way up and you haven't really accomplished anything. And then, you know, you throw attitude to somebody like me and I'm just like, all right, buddy, I've been making <laughs> records 30 years. Um, and you're pretending that you're like, you know, that, that, that's a defense mechanism for most people. And I realize and understand that, but you know, to be able to identify that is, uh, you know, that's a good thing to get past. Um, oh, definitely. So, well, uh, Ken, I had a, a fantastic time, Chad. We talked about a lot of different things, uh, obviously, including obscene sealers, music, life in general. Uh, but 2023 coming up extremely fast. We got less than two months uh, of this year left. Uh, so, like, what is 2023 looking like um, for you and obscene sealers? I'm sh I'm shocked at how good 2022 is. So. I mean, we laid a lot of groundwork for this year to be what it's laying out to be, but I mean, it's been an incredible year. So I don't know how I top that. Uh, um, Obscene Steelers, we're hoping um, one single a month, every single month until the end of time. 
Um, so expect at least 12 more songs in 2023. Um, and, uh, and one or two more this year before the end of the year wraps up, um, with my own career, uh, I'm getting really into Atmos spatial audio mixing. I fucking love immersive audio mixing. Uh, so if you need immersive audio mixes, holler at your boy. Um, and uh, so, yeah, my, my career kind of tends to go scattershot in a few different directions. And, you know, I'm usually fine with uh, just working on whatever comes in. Or I'm lucky. I'm really lucky that I get to, to you know, get calls for a bunch of amazing records. So I intend for that to continue in 2023. <laughs> so. I like it. Very good. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing what you and Obscene Sealers do next year. Uh, so if anyone's interested in connecting with you or uh, and Obscene Steelers, uh, where can they find you and Obscene Steelers online? Uh, so me is just KenLewis.com. Uh, and my email is right on the site, Ken at KenLewis.com. Uh, and Obscene Stealers is just ObsceneStealers.com, exactly like it sounds. Uh, and we're every streaming service, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Tidal, um, you name it, we're out there, YouTube. Uh, and check us out. The, the one thing that you can do that helps independent artists the most at streaming is listen to the song all the way through, save it to a playlist, and heart it, and download it. Those things, the everything is algorithmic based now. The algorithms love those things and shoot that artist up the algorithm. So the old method was, hey, can you buy a 99 cent MP3? Well, this is almost the same effect long term because what it does is those early listens from the early fans really bump you up the algorithm and give you the chance to you know become more successful and more people to hear you. So please stream us, like us, add us to your playlist. It really helps. That is some really great advice, and I do hope everyone who's listening definitely does that for Obscene Steelers. Help them you know, with the algorithm. Have to build all that up. But, uh, Ken, it was a great time chatting with you. I loved uh, hanging out with you. Thank you so much for being on Super Cool Thank Radio. You, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it, Matthew. Of course. Uh, and as I said, there's going to be a lot of links for Ken Lewis in the description. Make sure to check them all out. And please stream support and give a like to Obscene Steelers. Side effects currently out right now. New single coming out very soon as well. But for Ken Lewis of Obscene Steelers, I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty. <laughs>